You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Cedric Savarais. He's the CEO and founder of uh, Form Assembly. The website is also formassembly.com. So, Cedric, thank you for coming. Thank you, Richard. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, so tell me about Form Assembly. What's the premise of the company? Yeah, so Form Assembly is a platform that organizations can use to collect data through online forms and surveys. So, it's designed to streamline their business processes. And beyond just the data collection piece, our, our goal is to help our customers be good stewards of the personal information that they're collecting through our platform. So these are forms that people fill in online where they enter, uh, I guess, regular data like name, date, yeah. <clears throat> maybe address, things like that. But what other data do people enter online into forms that's useful and why? Yeah, so it can be uh, any sort of, of uh, online form. So from uh, maybe... Uh, a waiver that you're going to fill out to uh, to attend a particular event or send your kids to a camp to uh, uh, an online application to apply to a school and you know if you uh, if you went to uh, to college you probably seen forms that are huge dozens of pages and hundreds of questions to answer uh, so our platform allows our customers to really cover our uh, all those different use cases from simple contact forms to surveys to uh, very complex online applications. So, all right, so you you create online forms, but um, are you doing anything special with the data that comes from them? Are you parsing it yeah. some way or processing it? Yeah, so our our, um, our goal is to uh, provide a self-service platform that our customers can, can use on their own. There's really no technical skills required. Um, and and through our platform, they they can be up and running very very quickly without needing to get uh, developers or their IT IT involved. Uh, so we we provide that that data collection service, and then we help our customers uh, use the data by pushing the data uh, where they want to work with it. Sometimes a lot of our customers use Salesforce, so they want the data in Salesforce, um, or they want it in Excel or some other places, um, and we. Um, and we also provide uh, additional uh, services and, and add-ons that help them uh, make sure that keep their data secure, make sure they comply with uh, data privacy laws like uh, HIPAA for healthcare data in the U.S. on the GDPR regulation, which uh, is something new that came out of the European Union. Um, so we try to pro- provide a, a suite of, of uh uh, services and, and, and solutions uh, around uh, that data collection piece. So, uh, is it, you know, what are some of the issues around forms and collecting data that you're solving? 
you know, do people tend to spam forms? Do you double check if yeah. it's a valid email, for instance? I mean, what kinds of things do you do? Yeah, so, um, there's, so there's a lot of business logic that you can build into, into the forms um, to, for your particular use case. So yeah, if you collect an email address, you want to make sure that the email address actually uh, works and, and there's you know, a real person behind, behind that email. Uh, you want to make sure you don't, you're not getting spam or collecting junk, junk data. So there's um, uh, services that we provide around that. Um, if you if you look at it from uh, from another from the from the point of view of the person who actually fill out the form, um, you know uh, it's it's typically not something uh, really exciting to do. Uh, so you want to make sure that it's as easy and streamlined as possible that you're not entering the information twice uh, or something that you already entered last in your last visit. They shouldn't really ask for the same information again. So uh, having the the forms being smart enough to know what data you already have. And you already provided, and not ask for the information again. Skip questions that are not relevant. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, when you share personal information through a form, there's a lot of uh, trust issues, right? You want to make sure that the company you were, you are submitting the information to is uh, is going to handle that data properly, responsibly, um, and, um, uh, and, and and so there's there's tools that we we provide through through the forms and through the data collection that. Um, can it help with that? So through disclosure, through uh, 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 through data privacy statements and so on. Any issues with uh, GDPR or you know HIPAA or you know when people fill in forms? Any special things you have to do that you don't have to do otherwise? Yeah. So um, to to comply with HIPAA or to comply with the GDPR, the the the, the organization that use our part, uh, that need to collect data. Uh, need to be working with service providers that follow certain uh, standards that meet certain criteria, and we worked hard to to meet those standards. Uh, so whether it's HIPAA or GDPR, we have uh, we have worked through throughout the years to to um, to to reach those standards. So whether it's training our team on data privacy uh, issues, uh, providing uh, features that help. Uh, with uh, the obligations under the GDPR, uh, having the, the right uh, contractual agreements with our customers, and so on, making sure, for instance, that we uh, not we don't resell the data. Uh, uh, all those kind of form uh, the whole package uh, around, around compliance. One second. So, what uh, do you take the data and are you storing it in databases and parsing it, and using it for marketing, or are you just like relaying it to different platforms? No, we we just collect on behalf of our, of our customers. We're not um, what the customers really eventually do with the data is really up to them. Um, uh, so, uh, to to give you a, an example, uh, the Boston Athletic Association runs the the Boston Marathon, which is you know one of the most prestigious uh, races in the world, and uh, the registration process is powered through Formis only. Uh, when, if you're a runner and you want to register for the race, you go through to the application uh, online, uh, and it's a surprisingly complex process where you have to uh, not not only just provide information about yourself, but also provide information about the ra- the other races that you've done and the times that you sh- the you achieved, and um, in order for you to to be able to know if you qualify. For this race because it's pretty competitive. It's like 30 to 40,000 people who uh, uh, apply to run the race every year. Um, 
And so all this uh, business logic that checks uh, and validate that the time that you ran a, an other race is actually uh, uh, correct uh, because they, they, there's a database behind it that has the, the listing of all the results for all the races um, um, in the you know in the prior year. Um, so that that through through form assembly through that registration process now they're able to you're able to sign up for for the register for the race and right away get a reply whether or not you you would qualify for that race and and, and you're in or not. Um, yeah. So what's 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 with forms right now? It sounds like there's a big disconnect between uh, you know inputting the data and uh, comparing it to historical things people have put in, or you know comparing it to existing customer database or even interface right. with the database. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the you know the typical example is when you do uh, you go see the doctor and you fill out the same form every time, where they keep asking you for your insurance information and so on. Right? Um, uh, when the, when the when the forms and the in your process, your your intake process in this case, when it's properly integrated with uh, with backend of the database, which you can do through uh, through form assembly. Um, then you're able to really streamline that process a lot more, right? So you don't have to uh, to alter mm. the information again. Would you have insight into why anyone would use paper forms, especially in today's day and <laughs> age? Is it a HIPAA thing, or is it just like a we're afraid of technology thing, or what's the reason? It yeah, I think it's just a lack of um, um, you know if you if your if your paper process is is working and and you don't necessarily have the technical resources maybe you just think it's just a lot more work than it actually is to to move to a, an electronic format and, and that's why we you know we created format something in the first place is just to make it very very easy for someone who's not technical at all but who is actually the stakeholder it's the person who needs that process to to be more efficient right if you work with paper forms, you're probably doing double entry. That is, you're getting the, the information paper and then you're typing it somewhere else in the, on the computer. Right. Um, plus, it's, it's, it's not something you can search and archive very well. Um, and um, so, yeah, it, it's probably just maybe a, just a lack of awareness, like how easy it can be to really move to an online process. Well, also, too, there's errors. Uh, you know, if anything on paper that has to be transcribed in the computer, well, now you've got mm -hmm. someone else typing it in. So if it's an yeah. email address that's weird, or if the person's <laughs> penmanship is bad, or handwriting yeah, is unreadable, to, you'll make mistakes. You know. Exactly. If you try to uh, read my handwriting, um, you're probably going to have some uh, some trouble there. Yeah, like my uh, my kids see my signature every once in a while, and they go, "That's not your name. It just looks like <laughs> a little scribble." I said, "Well, yeah. it's evolved over the years to become that." But it's just an example. You know, I don't. A lot of people don't write very much anymore, and I know a lot of people don't even know cursive. And yeah. you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just crazy to use paper, but but they still do it. So yeah, um, they still do it. Yeah. yeah. What if you could learn about the ketogenic diet and metabolic therapy from the world's top scientists, physicians, and influencers in a four-day experience, co-hosted by Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, who's been on the Tim Ferriss podcast in Los Angeles, California, January 31st to February 3rd, 2019. If you want to hear about the latest scientific evidence on nutrition and metabolism and its potential to treat disease, increase longevity, improve athletic performance, and yes, help with weight loss, Metabolic Health Summit is for you. Some of the speakers include Dominic D'Agostino, PhD, Mark Sisson, 
Suzanne Ryan of Keto Karma, Thomas Seyfried, uh, who studies metabolism and cancer, Aubrey Marcus, Georgia Ede, MD, Matt and Mega of Keto Connect, and many, many more speakers. At this conference, we're going to dive into the research and learn how to apply it during real-world applications with four days of presentations. There'll be nightly receptions with keto-friendly drinks and appetizers. There'll be a scientific poster session that includes the latest research on ketosis, human optimization, and more. And there'll be new innovative products at the Metabolic Health Summit Keto Expo. You'll get to network with some of the world's most brilliant minds at the Metabolic Health Summit VIP Mixer and Gala Dinner. For physicians, this activity is jointly provided by Cedars-Sinai Medical Center and the Metabolic Health Initiative. Cedars-Sinai is accredited by ACCME to provide continu continuing medical education for physicians. Earn up to 21 and a half AMA PRA Category 1 credits by attending. If you're a registered dietitian, this event has received prior approval by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics for 18 CPEs. Visit MetabolicHealthSummit.com or click on the banner and get your tickets before they're gone because it's coming soon. Remember, it's in Los Angeles, California, January 31st to February 3rd, 2019. We are only weeks away. This is a must-not-miss seminar. So any, any other insights from, um, from this hookup, you know, unexpected things that you've learned about uh, the way people fill forms or the data you're getting, anything that jumps out at you? Well, I think what was really unexpected is to see like how many different use cases there there is for a product like, like ours. We have customers that are uh, anywhere from uh, a small nonprofit community theater in Raleigh who just put out a few shows a year and they have, you know, they need a form to, to collect donations and, and sell tickets to events, you know. And on the other side, there are... Um, Fortune 500 type companies who has pretty much unlimited budget and could purchase any sort of, um, you know, software solution or even build their own. And they still prefer to use a product like ours uh, because it's just so simple to use and it can be uh, for them. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot more important to be up and running quickly. Mm. Than, than it is to... Um, is there an ideal way you found to enter data? You know, obviously paper's not, but mm -hmm. iPad, tapping it in, or keyboard, or, you know, any, you know mobile, any ideal way you found that people like best or is easiest or has a lowest yeah, that's error, a great, that, you know, error rate? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think ultimately typing, the, uh, typing or writing uh, is um, always going to be a pain. It's fairly slow. Uh, now, thankfully, on, on phones and iPads and even computers, you can you can dictate and, and enter data that way. It's a little bit faster. But I, again, I think the best is to um, not ask uh, for data in the first place if you don't either if you don't need it or if you, uh, or if you already have it. Right. Um, a lot of a lot of times we, you see uh, in the data collection processes you see people asking for questions just because they can, not, and not necessarily because they actually need and know what they're going to do with the information. Um, and, and that's something that's been uh, a little bit more uh, highlighted by the GDPR with, the, um, with this idea that you, um, with the data minimization concept where you should only really collect and store data 
that you actually need and nothing more than that. Um, that, you know, to go back to your question, I think that that's pretty important, right? It's going to be difficult to enter, get people to enter information if they have to type it or handwrite it. Um, so, um, especially if it's, you know, personal information, sensitive information. Um, so the best you can do is just minimize that the information that you collect. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, things I've noticed about filling in forms, um, you know, if you make an error, but, well, certain fields, like let's say uh, I'm going to enter a phone number in, you know, I like when it has mm -hmm. dashes in there automatically and I right. don't have to like right. either put them in or not put them in, you know. Um, right. If I put in a, if I fill in a field or I forget to fill one in, you know, and I mm -hmm. click submit, sometimes it erases the whole form, which is, you know, usually like mm -hmm. government websites are like that. They're the freaking worst. Yeah. You know, then there's the font size. Can I see it? You know, can I zoom in yeah. on it? Is there explanations of certain fields um, right. that I may not understand what they're asking? Um, what are some best practices that you've seen, you know, so people don't uh, get upset yeah. or frustrated or, or abandon the form? Yeah, uh, that's a very good point. Uh, something really important, right? The user experience uh, as you fill out the form has to be um, the best you can do. And, you know, out of the box, you're going you're gonna to do more. You're going to have most of that uh, through, through form assembly. So we do a lot on behalf uh, to, to automate it so that uh, it doesn't have to be either built from scratch or, or, or yeah, uh, added as a additional feature. So we try to, to put a lot of out of the box. And then, yeah, and then we provide guidance and best practices on how to just organize your form, right, uh, to, to make it easier to, um, to correct the information. I'm pretty, um, now that I think about it, um, I know that one of the key drivers that led me to actually start working on this uh, was me trying to fill out my uh, state taxes in Indiana at the time. And I re remember really, very, very vividly being really pissed off at the phone that I was trying to fill out because it wouldn't accept some piece of information like a zip code or whatever it was uh, in the format that I wanted to enter it, uh, which felt to me it was the right format, but um, uh, it turned out that you know they, they wanted something slightly different that didn't match. And uh, um, and I, I clearly remember thinking, you know, there got to be a better way to do that. Like, uh, you know, I have an engineering background, a, a developer background, so I knew how to uh, to write code to build forms and collect data. And, and I knew that um, this is not something that you wanted to build from scratch every, every time. As a developer, it's, it's pretty tedious work. Uh, it's like kind of reinventing the wheel every time, right? So, um, mm. so it's much better to just um, use a tool that, that, that do that for you properly uh, so you don't have to think about it. So yeah, you need to collect an email address. Uh, there's going to be a, a validation check to make sure it's a valid email address and that you're not submitting uh, correct data. Um, uh, and it's going to work properly, right? So it, it doesn't give you those false positives where you're like trying to enter information in one way, and it, you know they want it in a certain in another way. Um, we also have a built-in feature that allows you to provide a particular format. So if you if you're supposed to enter a social security number, uh, it will it will show you exactly the format in which uh, um, you're supposed to enter it, and it will correct it automatically if you. Put the dashes, or if you don't put the dashes, once. Um, mm. um, yeah, and then you know there's more resources available on our website on on yeah best practices around around data collection. Okay, well that's good to know. I've had a lot of uh, pent up form filling frustration over the years. <laughs> that's why yes. I wouldn't ask you. 
So is there any um, new exciting future things that are coming from from this arena? You know, to some people it can sound like incredibly boring. I'm sure because you're in it, it is interesting and exciting and useful. But, you know, what what's new that's coming that you think will be important for people to hear about? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to touch on that. And and it's true that it it may feel like it's kind of boring because um yeah because it's forms and 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 so on but um uh, you know as you just pointed out uh, as as the, the person who has to interact with forms all the time everybody has to do that uh you know you can even go to uh to a restaurant and have to fill out a you know a paper form to provide your feedback about your experience right so it happens everywhere right um and, and so it's incredibly important to make sure that, you know, that experience that is so common uh, in everybody's life is just as good as you can get. And, and, uh, and, and from the business perspective, um, the data that you collect is often very critical. It's, it's what is going to uh, guide you to improve your business, to actually execute on, on what it, whatever it is that you need to do. So, yeah you have a stake in making sure that your data creation process is working well, right? So it's incredibly important for, for pretty much everybody involved. And um, and so what's exciting about uh, what we're doing? So um, we've been growing. Uh, we've been growing a lot. Uh, we've been thankful, thankfully uh, um, and thankful to have a, a large list of customers and, and very demanding customers that, that um, uh, care a lot about security and privacy and, and the user experience. Um, and the, those customers kind of um, uh, motivate us to to do better. Um, so one of the things that we're working on in the short term is improving our uh, workflow automation. So workflow is it's you know when you it's when multiple people need to interact with a particular form, right? So uh, uh, you know, for instance, if you uh, if you apply to a school, for instance, and you're going to fill out the form, then the the person in the admission office is probably going to add some information to the to this to this file uh, through an online form. That's essentially a workflow a process of sort of process information there. Um, so that's kind of okay. what we're working on on the short term. And then there's a lot more that we want to do to make sure that we provide a comprehensive solution around um, data creation, data management, and compliance. Well, very good. So Cedric, what's the best way for uh, interested parties to get in touch? <clears throat> they can get this solution for their company? Yeah, just go to formassembly.com um, and you can sign up for a trial. There's no credit card required. It takes five minutes to be up and running and you can play with it, try it for yourself, see if it's useful. Uh, if you're part of a larger organization and you need to get IT and uh, legal on board and so on, uh, you can reach out to us through, through our website and someone from sales is going to contact you. And, you know, we're pretty used to to, to work with uh, organizations of all sizes. So we have a dedicated sales team that can uh, can work with you. Okay, very good. Well, Cedric, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. 
you may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.